welcome back to the Clay on the Stage podcast. How are you? We didn't have an episode last week and I miss you. So I wanted to say that first. And I'm excited to be back with a brand new episode, episode 47 of Clay on the Stage. We are getting dangerously close to two milestones. Number one, episode 50 and our one-year anniversary, which will be happening around the same time. Do you know why? Because there are 52 weeks in a year. (laughs) I was like, wow, this is going to be a huge day when episode 50 and the one-year anniversary happen. So we're putting something very exciting together right now for that episode. But today, I have something else to talk to you about, and that is how to build and repurpose content. If you haven't been to the show before, I want to say hello. I'm Angela Lucier. I'm your host. I'm also a professional speaker and author and the CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. And this podcast is all about public speaking, finding your voice, building confidence in who you are and what you have to say, and all the stuff that comes with it, which is a lot. And people often say, especially people who are interested in podcasting, do you ever worry about running out of topics? In the beginning I did, but it's so funny because as I find, as I record each episode, I think, wow, there are like 15 more episodes I could do just on this topic. So no, I'm not afraid of running out of topics. <laughs> and this this topic of content that we're talking about today is a really good one because it comes up all the time for speakers, right? Because we're constantly building new talks. We're constantly building content that can be used on the web, content that we can use in courses and workshops, you know, on podcasts. And so we're always thinking about what we want to say, how we want to say it, what we want to teach, what we want to be known for, what do people really need, right? So as a content creator, we're in this position of being artists every single day. And we get to decide what we're going to say and also what it's going to look like. You know, how do you want to present that information? Do you want it to be fun? Do you want it to be inspirational? Do you want it to just blow everyone's mind? (laughs) You know, you can really go in any direction with it, which is really exciting if you're someone who likes to make things like me. (laughs) And I think for years I kind of got stuck in this, um, this content creation, like manufacturing production line that, you know, by myself, I was constantly just making new things, making new things, which was good because I got to practice and try things and experiment. But over time, I started to get a little exhausted because it was like I was constantly making things instead of building off of something I'd already made, which is what I want to help you do today. So on today's episode, we're going to get into five ways to build and repurpose content so that you're not wasting a lot of time. And so you're building something that has a foundation and can actually become something in the future. So like I said, if you're someone who is a speaker (laughs) and you write speeches, you likely also create other types of content like blog posts or social media posts, maybe even write books or eBooks, put together your own online courses or live in-person courses. And you might even make those handy little guides, which I'm always thinking about. So if that is the case, you probably also recognize there's a couple problems that come along with this lifestyle of content creation. Like you may say to yourself, I'm just not sure what I'm trying to say. I'm going to give you a couple other possible things you might say in different voices. 
I don't want to lose my audience. I don't want to be boring. I want to be known for one thing. (laughs) I'm constantly writing new stuff. How can I be more streamlined? So it's possible you may have asked yourself one of those questions or stated those sentences to yourself in the past because you felt like, where is all of this going? And sometimes content creation can get you to that point of, what is this? (laughs) You know, if you're a consultant or a coach or, you know, a subject matter expert and you've got so much information And you feel like, wow, I want to share all of this, but I'm spending like days and days or weeks of my life just putting stuff together. Um, I'm going to answer these questions here today to make it a little bit easier for you. And how I figured this out was, like I said, I used to be this content creation machine and I used to tweak all my my stuff constantly. And even if I said, oh, I've given a workshop on personal branding in the past, do you want me to do that workshop? If the group said yes, I'd immediately go, okay, well, how can we change it? (laughs) Instead of saying, well, here's what it is. Is that what your group is looking for? What would I need to tweak? I was always trying to rebuild. And that's just a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of creative, you know, access rather than just making something that you know is valuable and then making a, a few minor tweaks to match the needs of the group. So let's talk about how I arrived at this new idea of let's not kill ourselves over creating content and instead be smart about it. Um, I recognized that people, especially your audience, are a couple steps behind you, right? They're looking to you for guidance and advice and inspiration and maybe some leadership. That means they're a couple steps behind you, not 450 steps behind you. A lot of the stuff you're going to present is probably not as high level as you think. You can really bring it down to a surface level and make it simple and easy for them to understand. And the more you overthink your content, the harder it is for them to understand it. And I learned this the hard way because I used to put together this, like, when, especially if I gave a workshop like 10 times, I felt like every time I gave the talk, it had to be higher level, higher level, higher level. <laughs> and then this introductory workshop became an advanced workshop because I thought everybody in my audience had already seen the content before, but it was actually that they were seeing it for the first time. So we have to remember that even though we're advancing and we're building our expertise, our audience oftentimes is just coming to it for the first or second time. So remembering that these people are maybe just need the first couple steps, not, you know, the expert level stuff is a really important place for you to start. And you can learn that by talking to your audience. And this is so important because oftentimes we build things in a vacuum. You know, you're at your house, you're in your office, you're thinking about what people might need and you just start writing it. But instead of just coming up with ideas out of thin air, what if you asked your customers what they really were interested in learning about? And and then you can test it. And it's really important to test stuff because when you test, you get to see your audience's response and you get to determine how much you like talking about something or doing it. And this is really important because when you're standing in front of a group presenting something, you may find, wow, they're taking lots of notes. They're asking lots of questions. They're really into this. But I don't feel that excited about it. 
You know, has that ever happened to you where you're like, oh, I thought I thought I liked talking about this stuff, but I actually don't. And I almost got trapped in 2009, 2010 when I was doing a lot of speaking about social media, because at that time, business, small businesses weren't really using Facebook and Twitter and YouTube yet because they thought of it as a waste of time and as something you use to talk to your friends, not really market yourself. But I was already using social media for my business and had, I don't know, like a, I was maybe four steps ahead of a lot of other small businesses, which made me an expert on the topic. And I was often brought in to speak about social media for small businesses. And I could talk about it because I had some experience and got some traction and started to learn about what works and what doesn't. But if I'm being totally honest, I really never liked talking about social media. It didn't get me excited. I didn't feel like I was changing lives. I didn't really care that much about how many times people posted per day. And I was often asked that question, like, well, should I post in the morning and at night or on the weekends? And like that level of minutia makes my brain hurt. And I really don't care. (laughs) I said it. I don't care. I'm, I'm sure there's a really good formula for that, but I'm just not, it's not where I'm passionate. And when, when I would be faced with questions like that, Um, Like, how many photos should I post versus videos? I felt like my soul is dying. And so there wasn't a good match there. So when I'm I'm talking about testing content, you want to make sure that your audience is into it, but also that you're into it. Because if you're going to be talking about it all the time, like writing blog posts and giving speeches and potentially doing podcasts on the the topic, you want to make sure you're excited about it, right? Like, that makes sense. And, and so the only way to really know that is to deliver it and to embody it and to stand in front of people and to talk about it. And at the end say, was I into that or am I kind of lying to myself? <laughs> and you can probably determine the answer to that question pretty quickly. And after doing, I don't know, probably 30 or so social media workshops, I came to the conclusion that I really couldn't find a way to love talking about it and just really stop doing them. And I don't talk about social media anymore. I really find it to be boring. I, I I use social media, but I don't want to teach it. So the first little tip here is to test content by doing, talking about it, typing about it, trying it out and see how that goes before you really determine like what your niche is and what kind of content you want to be known for. Another thing to be thinking about is it, when you're giving a talk, There is so much information available in front of you that you could be using to build your whole business. And I did a talk uh, two or three weeks ago in Boston for the Founding Moms group. And I want to give a shout out to Kim, (laughs) the leader of that group. Um, I went to the group and it was a smaller group. And I thought rather than give a full presentation, I'm going to make this an interactive conversation. So I had everyone go around and say their name and the business they ran and why they came that day. And one thing they really want to learn. And as they went around the circle, I I grabbed a, a, like a, a poster board and I wrote down what they were looking for. And that became the basis of our whole conversation. That way I was teaching them exactly what they came to learn and they could ask questions as I went through the list. And here's the major bonus. And here's what why I'm bringing it up. At the end of the presentation, I took a picture of the list 
And now I can use that list for blog posts and podcasts and new speeches and anything. So this actual podcast episode today came from that list. So I'm going to read you the list that they gave me at that workshop so that you can get a sense of what people ask about regarding public speaking and in my line of work and how that stuff could be used for other things. So here's the list from the Founding Moms Group in Boston. They asked about how to put together better sales presentations, how to repurpose and build content, how to uh, appear confident and present well in webinars and videos, how to build confidence as a speaker, how to improve body language, how to be better at pitching your business, and how to tell jokes effectively. That's an awesome list. I could write 15 blog posts on those subjects. And you know what's amazing? When I saw that repurposing content topic, I thought, I haven't talked about that on the podcast yet. Great. I'm going to do an episode on that. And here we are. (laughs) So I took a, a topic specifically out of a speaking gig and turned it into a podcast episode. You are watching repurposing content in action and this tip and exactly how it works. So I didn't have to think at all, right? they handed it to me. They said, here's what I want to know. And I said, well, here's what I'm going to teach you. And it was exactly what they were looking for. And when you can give your audience exactly what they're looking for, they will come back because you've added value and you've answered a question that they had rather than assuming it's what they need. So the next tip is to notice that the work you're doing, um, it's going to get attention, some of it, and other parts probably won't. So you need to be really, really observing what is, what are people asking you about? And, and what, where are the questions? Like, where do they lie? And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out how to say this correctly, because it's not as much as the last tip where you're standing in front of an audience and you're writing down topics. It's more like the stuff that happens after the talk when people come up one-on-one and they ask questions or in those one-on-one networking meetings when you're introducing yourself to someone for the first time. Noticing the questions they ask you then, those are really important questions too because those are the ones that are more about like human interest and fears and what's inspiring them. And you can tell because of their body language and where they're really trying to probe and understand like the decisions you've made and the information you're offering people. And I noticed that oftentimes after my talks, some people in the audience would come up and say, so where did you learn all this stuff? And like, how did you get started? And how did you get over the fear of it? And like, where can I go to speak? And like, who do I need to talk to? And what are the steps to become a speaker? And these are the questions that are a little bit different from these major topics of like, how do you be successful as a webinar presenter? And they're instead the, like the ones about you know, really pursuing dreams and getting over fears and taking these smaller steps to build something. And when I noticed there were a lot of women asking these questions, I thought, where is this information available? This whole process of becoming a speaker. And I couldn't find it. <laughs> like I know National Speakers Association exists for professional speakers, but what about people who want to go from being public speakers to professional speakers? What's what's that middle thing? 
And I really couldn't figure it out. And so I started talking to more women, especially women business owners, and asking them, are you interested in being a speaker and actually giving workshops and getting paid to do that? And realize there's so many out there and they didn't know where to go to get the information. And that's how I launched the speaking school for women. It was really just listening to all these questions and realizing there's a huge need and there's really no solution. And and then I, once I realized that there was a need for this offering in this course, I then crafted more specific questions for this group and asked them questions like, well, what, what are your challenges when it comes to being a professional speaker? And where have you looked for this information so far? And what would you, who's in your target audience and how would you use this for your business? And, um, you know, all of these questions started to inform exactly what they wanted to know. And they built the whole course, <laughs> my speaking school for women. It was like, I have a, a picture of me standing next to this giant poster board in my old office with like hundreds of topics they wanted to learn about. And I just put them all together into a six week course and figured out the most logical um, progression of those topics and then present it. And it's great because they're like, wow, this is exactly what I needed. I'm like, yeah, I know <laughs> you told me that. <laughs> and so it makes, it makes your life so much easier when you just talk to the people that you're trying to help rather than sit at home in front of a blank screen saying, what am I supposed to write? What, what do they care about? What do I care about? Start having conversations and ask your audience because they want to tell you. In the beginning of doing all these interviews, I felt really bad. I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm totally bothering these people. I'm like asking for half an hour of their time to try to understand what they need. But at the end of the phone call, so many of them were so thankful because I was I was trying to make something that would help them. And they were appreciative of that and they recognized it. And so if you can go into it with the mindset of being an, a value add and someone who is there to make them more successful, build, help them build their business, they will be excited to talk to you. And so I would highly recommend that approach of talking to your customers to really understand what's in their mind and, and their fears and their challenges and their dreams and their goals, and then build things around that because that's the stuff they're going to get really excited about. The, the next tip is to pay attention to the questions that are asked at the end of your talk. These, are, these aren't the ones that I just talked about. <laughs> I know there's like a lot of different questions here, but this is like when you do the Q&A at the end of your presentation and people raise their hand and they get the mic passed to them to ask the question. These are the things people really want to know that aren't in your talk. So these are the things you want to add to your talk probably, or at least use to in, an, in another uh you know, platform, maybe, maybe a blog post or an ebook or something. And I, I remember one particular time that was huge for me was after I presented an eight week series at the libraries. It was about job hunting and career skills. It was a free series. It was the first thing I did when I started my business in 2009. At the end of the eight week series, someone raised their hand and said, could you send us the notes from this, the series? And I said, yeah, I could do that. And, you know, I, I drove home that night thinking, wow, that's, that's a lot of information. And I, I hadn't thought about using the notes for anything. I figured they would just be for me. So when I delivered the workshops again, or if I wanted to build something else, I would have them. But when I took the eight week workshops and 
compiled them, I realized I had 120 pages of notes. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, wow, this is a lot of information. And started to add some more stuff to it, like my story and some stories from people who had attended the workshops. And by the end of putting all this content together, it was 220 pages long. And I realized, wow, I have written a book organically. My first book, The Anti-Resume Revolution, is a direct result of someone raising their hand and asking me that question. And if I, could, if I said in that workshop, well, probably not because I'm just going to use them for other stuff or just kind of dismiss the question, that book would have never even come out because <laughs> I really didn't even consider myself to be an author or someone who could write a book at that time. But once I realized I had all the content already and all I needed to do is sort of like you know, edit it and make it flow a little better. The book was 75% done. So you may already be sitting on a book, you know, you may have so much content already that you're ready, you're almost ready to put a book together. But um, you may not be looking at it that way. So be thinking about that and also be listening to your audience because they have really good questions that can make you look at your work a little bit differently than the way you're looking at it today. And just as a side note, as a random comment, <laughs> I was at a speaking gig last week and I asked the audience if they had any questions. And we went through some serious questions like about the talk and about public speaking. And the last question was, has anyone ever told you you look like Mariah Carey? <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, I wasn't expecting that question. <laughs> and so... Um, I said, yeah, someone in high school, but th that was it. But anyway, it was just a funny way to end that. And so that's, that's my next tip is pay attention to the questions asked at the end of your talk, because these are the things people really want to know, and they can change the way you think about your work. The final tip is to build a signature talk based on all of your favorite content and what your audience really needs. Because once you start talking a lot and giving a lot of speeches, you'll start to notice what you get excited about speaking, speaking about, like what kind of stories you love to tell, what kind of advice you like to offer, how you like to open your talks, how you like to close them. If you want to be a, a keynote speaker, if you like to do interactive workshops. So once you start doing a lot of this, it'll start to feel more normal and comfortable and you'll start to recognize like, yeah, this is my, my comfy spot. This is where I'm most passionate. This is where I feel most alive. And this is where I add an, the most value to my audience. And so building a signature talk should be your goal all the time of what, what kind of information can I put together to create a really amazing experience for me and my audience. And it takes some practice, but I want to give you that as your your goal so that you're thinking about it as you're producing all this content. And once you have your signature talk in place, all of your content should revolve around it because that's your brand. That's your core message. That's what people know you for. That's the thing that people really think of when they think of you. And it's okay if you're not there today. Don't, don't get discouraged. Don't feel like, oh, everyone always talks about that one thing. I don't know my one thing. That's fine. Just start with something and then you'll get there. It took me so many years to get to recognize that I love talking about public speaking. I used to talk about career topics. Like I said, I used to talk about entrepreneurship. I talked about finding your passion. I talked about goal setting. I talked about personal branding, interviewing, networking, resume writing. I mean, 
the topics were very wide and it took me a long time to finally hone in on one thing. And it was funny because I had been doing public speaking all along, but never realized that I wanted to be talking about public speaking. (laughs) And so be gentle with yourself through the process of discovering your signature talk and your core brand, but also recognize that Each talk is an opportunity for you to get insight and to reflect on what's working for you and what's working for your audience and what you want to cut out and what you want to, what you want to keep, you know, let the thing evolve. And the only way it evolves is by taking action and doing the talks and writing the blogs and putting the content out there. And a friend of mine, he started as a small business marketing expert. He had a a small boutique marketing firm. And he said, oh, yeah, we can do advertising on billboards. We can place ads in newspapers and radio. We can do social media marketing. We can, you know, do PR for you. It was like all all the marketing. And he started going out and giving talks on all these different topics. And he found out over time that the thing people really knew him for and loved using him for was social media marketing. And which was great for me because remember I said I didn't like social media so I could... (laughs) send the talks to him. (laughs) But now he exclusively runs a digital marketing firm. He does social media, he does SEO, and that is what he is known for. And he has built a tremendous brand because he has really uh, targeted and, and honed in on that message. And now all of his content is about how to use Facebook ads correctly, how to use Instagram to get more followers, how to use Twitter effectively. And and so all of these talks and all of these ebooks and posts on social media and blog posts are all very specific and they're all content that relate to that core message. And his signature talk is about social media. So I want to just kind of leave you with that to know that a signature talk should be where you're heading, but you don't have to be there today. And the way that you get there is by trial and error and by talking and listening and observing and, and tweaking and know that it's a process. So let's talk about, let me just do a quick recap of everything we talked about here. It's really important to make sure you're, you're, making a list of what people are asking you about in the, in your presentations, both when you ask them what they came for and when you write them, write, write those answers down, but also at the end in your Q and a portion of the talk. Um, it's important to listen to the questions people ask you one-on-one when they come up after the speech and also in networking meetings, because those are the types of questions that are usually more focused on dreams and goals and hopes and fears. And they're the ones that can help you to get closer to really honing in on your core message and not just particular topics. Um, pay attention to your your customers and the target your target audience by asking them questions. You can craft questions about what they're looking for and how you can help them, and that will help you to build more offerings and, and more defined content like I did with the Speaking School for Women. And I want to also add that the Speaker Sisterhood, the network of public speaking clubs I run, only exist because when I was teaching the speaking school for women, a a student said to me, where can I go to practice the signature talk you taught me how to give? And I said, you can go to Toastmasters. And she said, I don't want to go to Toastmasters. I want, (laughs) I want to go somewhere else, but I don't know where to go. And that's when I realized, whoa, there's nowhere for women exclusively to go and practice public speaking. I'm going to build that. I hadn't thought about it really until that day. 
So listening to questions can help build entirely new businesses for you and, and entirely new directions for your life and your career because those questions have a lot of information. And if you really listen, they could change your life. So that is today's episode on how to easily build and repurpose content. And it's it's a process, you guys. Don't get frustrated with it. Stick with it. Start to, you know, be gentle with yourself in the process and pay attention and have fun because that's what this is all about. And um, I hope that this this episode you know, answered your questions about content. I'm going to be doing another Q&A episode coming up in the next month or two. So if you have questions about other things you'd like to, to talk about that hasn't been talked about yet on the podcast, please email me. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You can email me at Angela at speakersisterhood.com. And, you know, put as, as much, as much detail as you'd like. If you want to tell a whole story, I could tell your whole story on the podcast. (laughs) So that is it for me today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. You can go to iTunes and rate and review it really quickly. It only takes a minute. And I really appreciate it because it helps more people to find the show. All right, guys, that does it for me. Love talking to you as always. And don't forget, stop waiting, start creating. See you next time.